I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Ravishette. Hello again, everybody. Welcome again to the Ridership Podcast from Ridership Press, Indie Press just outside Chicago with its offices inside an 8x10 writing shed where we're broadcasting from this morning. It's a really glorious morning in the Chicago area today, probably about 70 degrees, sunshine, uh, relatively early in the morning here, um, birds chirping. I know it sounds so idyllic, doesn't it? Well, it really is. I have to say it's a a great day out there today. The dog is um, marching through the flowers again because she's chasing a, I think she's chasing a, uh, a rabbit. So I got to work on that in a moment here. But <laughs> today on to something different. This podcast, I want you to see things, book covers. I think uh, of the great ones like the Clockwork Orange cover with the one-eyed man with the boulder cap or the uh, classic uh, Great Gatsby with the seductive eyes looking right at you or Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man with the face and the shadows. Those are all just such memorable book covers. Book design has always been an important part of the process of publishing. It's the first face of a novel, a memoir, and it can get a reader to hone in or turn away. So what makes a good modern-day book cover? How does it play in today's publishing landscape, online, in self-publishing? We're going to find out. I'm Ian Kobiak. Uh, my partner is Alan Hebel, and we're, we run a company called The Book Designers. And a forward-thinking designer with a large scope of work and great insight into the visual design behind a great book. So Ian, first of all, thank you for being here. I've always wanted to do a, a podcast about um, book design and book covers and how they fit into the whole creative world and, and the writer's world. So thank you for being here for that. T- tell me a little bit about book designers. What do you guys do, you and Alan, together as a, as a team? So we're a, we're a two, two-person studio. We work with all the major houses in in the East Coast and you know throughout throughout the country. Um, we have worked with many overseas, uh, mostly European uh, publishers. Uh, so that's you know Random House, Penguin, Simon Schuster's, uh, Macmillan's, you know Sterling's, all those houses. Um, I'd say you know it's probably. It's kind of a 50-50, you know, we have a lot of houses we work with. We also work with a lot of smaller presses, so university presses and just, um, you know, just smaller, smaller outfits. And then we do, yeah, we do a lot of uh, self-publishing clients as well. So just... Um, Who's the toughest? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, you know, with self-published authors, there's sort of the... You know, indie authors are lacking uh, the help of a marketing department, editorial teams, um, publishers, art directors, you know, people who are sort of like have been seasoned in this industry for a while mm-hmm. and they can guide the guide the process. On on the other hand, you know, uh, you know, it, it it definitely is. It can be challenging working for larger houses. They have their, you know, stipulations, their rules, the, you know, kind of genre specific things that, you know, you need to sort of uh, be aware of and follow. 
but in general, yeah, it just really is a, is a mixed bag. It's not, it's not ever going to be a straightforward, you know, situation where publishers are more difficult. Sometimes publishers are, you know, easier to work with. They pro provide very clear design briefs, um, which contain a lot of, uh, you know, general information that helps us really kind of hit the ground running, knowing, you know, what we're kind of going to be working on and focusing on. Uh, sort of what what their palette is, right? Sort of what their their sort of signature design is like. Is that what you mean? Mostly, a design brief will show like competitive titles, sort of the market they're trying to position a book within. Um, it will definitely have uh, ideas from the art director of what kind of kind of yes, yeah, stylistically, what they're focusing on. Um, you know, if it's some kind of a mystery novel or thrillers or self-help books or business books, you know, it'll, it'll sort of give a, a general palette of ideas of, you know, where to, where to kind of start. So that's, that's helpful, obviously, and allows us to really kind of know what to try and not try. Whereas with, with independent publishers and authors, it's, you know, it's obvious, it's often not clear what they're necessarily looking for, though we've been surprised many times. And uh, perhaps some of these authors have published previously, and they do come to us with very clear visions and briefs. And, and we also, you know, provide kind of a initial checklist to our clients that, you know, basically acts as a design brief if they don't have one. So we ask those questions. What are your competitive titles? What's your target audience? And, you know, who are you hoping basically to get in front of? So are you, is there, I mean, when a, when a reader or an author looks at, you know, the books on a shelf or looks on uh, the online uh, retailers and, and looks at books, I mean, there tends to be a general sort of style or palette for certain genres. Is that pretty much true? Yeah, definitely. Um, from a book selling perspective and distribution perspective, um, you know, those things kind of have to be uh, set in stone. That doesn't mean that there's not the occasional kind of breaking out of the box uh, approach, but, um, you know, you have, you have a look for those specific genres for a reason. It's what your audience is going to be looking for. And, um, it's just easier for book buyers and stores and, and conglomerates like Amazon to know where, where that kind of stuff fits on the shelf, so to speak, and what to group it, how to group those kinds of things. So they, they do tend, you know, historical fiction will have a certain kind of appeal and look. Um, obviously, romance is going to have a specific kind of look. Sci-fi is going to have a specific kind of look. Uh, your mysteries and thrillers. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, that's obviously genre fiction and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not uncommon for self-help books, um, new age stuff, business books, that kind of stuff to sort of have an appeal and, and a specific look. And, you know, over the years, you kind of, you know, you get to be familiar with that. So you, you're not, you know, completely adrift every time those kinds of projects come your way as a designer. Yeah, you don't want to have sort of like, you know, a gothic font on something and then it turned out to be a, you know, very literary fiction. That doesn't seem to fit those two. That's just in my mind. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and it would throw the reader off too. So I don't, I don't think that works. But in a general sense, what makes a good book cover? Um, it's got it's got to be something that, you know, uh, it's got to be it's it's got to be appropriate. Um, you know, it has to be something that works for the topic. 
but it also has to be something that has a little bit of something that you know is is different enough and doesn't just sort of blend into the background so that's that's in an ideal world something that really draws you in you know there's a lot of approaches and different ways you can do that obviously through you know imagery photography illustrations the fonts you use colors composition that kind of stuff so um you definitely want to create you know what's what we call the aha moment where you sort of either have kind of a two-in-one idea where you know basically a single or focal kind of image or concept is communicating you know uh on different levels um that you know basically you want something that that just makes you um take take a pause for a second you know as you're browsing thousands of books out there be that in a bookstore context or online uh you know you're going to see a lot of stuff like we were talking about you know genre specific things that sort of blend into the background and so you know my job basically is to fit in that but then also figure out a way where it's different enough that it's gonna you know draw the eye and say hey what what's what is this thing about uh, sometimes that's something ambiguous sometimes it's something very specific sometimes the title does a lot of the heavy pulling uh, if you got a good title you know especially now with people viewing things on smaller devices you know you definitely want things to be visible at a small size and so it's not uncommon that we're asked to really just play up a title and that the image becomes almost abstract or secondary sort of an ambiguous you know texture or background but the title is really doing the heavy lifting i heard uh, a book designer once say i think it was at a conference or something that uh, he believed that a book cover should be a haiku of the story does that make sense to you yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely doing a lot of um, distilling and uh, less spoon feeding and more kind of trying to emulate the general feel of the text. Is yeah. there a particular genre that's most like most challenging for you or most challenging for any book designer? Is there one that that just I would think that literary fiction would be the most difficult because it could go so many different ways. But I don't know that. I mean, is there a particular genre? Yeah, I mean, definitely fiction um, in general, but uh, literary fiction for sure, where you're you're really having to kind of um, dive deep into the text. And in those cases, it really helps to, you know, read the text and become familiar with the author's sort of uh, style, language and and, you know, intent with what they're with their writing. And it can really just go a number of ways. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, sometimes authors, you know, have different, you know, tapestry of elements in their in their work that, you know, range from repeating color themes to particular scenes and locations, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, right. Like so, a certain mystery writer who, you know, writes about, I don't know, maybe writes about the courts all the time. Maybe there's a particular font style that's always right with him or her, right? Something that you'll see a lot is, um, you know, kind of criminal oriented novels and, and whatnot, you know, have have a particular kind of approach and style. And, you know, it also, there's, there's, there's challenges that range from, you know, 
sometimes you have like really short words on a cover. And so you can really play those up and play, play with, you know, how, how those, you know, kind of get big on the cover. Uh, Cause you have right. the real estate, you know, then you have words like transatlantic or reincarnation, <laughs> you know, uh, coupled with a short word, you know, that can become more kind of challenging how those, you know, fit in and are they readable at a small size? You know, that's an increasing concern and it's always something that, you know, even, even 10 years ago, it was just really uh, not that big of a deal. And now it's almost, you know, every cover, it's really like the title's got to scream. It's got to be just as big, if not, you know, equally as important as whatever kind of art and imagery that's being used. Is, that, mainly, is that mainly because of online? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's also, it's also, uh, you know, there's a big book look and, and things like that, but, um, you know, that the, I think the overall idea is that, you know, there's just so much competition. It's just a completely different, um, you know, publishing has changed so dramatically with online sales and, uh, self-publishing is obviously, uh, added a completely new layer to to that in terms of what what publishers are competing against and vice versa. So yeah. everyone's basically competing in a in a marketplace that you know it's really hard uh, to decipher what is a good book anymore. You know, and uh, you know something that's uh, self published and uh, you know poorly edited, you know, can really fly off the shelf just because somebody's really good at uh, manipulating, you know, Amazon's algorithm and that kind of stuff. And, and that's great. It's great for that person, but it definitely throws, you know, a wrench in, in traditional publishing and just, uh, you know, who gets ahead, who doesn't, what, what gets out there in front of people and what falls on deaf ears, you know? Oh, I could, I could do a whole podcast about books that have been great sellers that are terribly written. Um, <laughs> and design a, yeah. <laughs> yeah and design too that's a whole different thing um you know i've noticed and again i'm very much a novice when it comes to graphic art but when i look at um look at books and just in general i have a lot of books a lot of books in the shed where we're working right now a lot of books in my house you know i've got old books new books generally when i look at old books they seem to be um sort of geometric designs more than than I've seen before, but then I see that coming back to, there's sort of like a, and I wish I could think of one right off the top of my head, but maybe Catch-22, the original cover of Catch-22 is like this. There's it, it, a lot of like geometric, a lot of like Picasso looking images um, on books. Like and was, kind of abstract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was like a big thing for a while. Is there something that's a big thing now? I mean, to me, it looks like things that are really minimalist. I've seen a book that, has like a big splot of like, you know, like ink spilled on it and just the title and that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's going on in Europe versus, um, you know, and the UK versus what's happening, uh, gosh, in India or China or, or uh, in America, obviously, I think, you know, there's going to always be uh, something that becomes a trend. I think for a few years there it was, um, you know, using uh, like hand hand illustrated, uh, hand drawn type uh, yeah. and fonts. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of um, just really focal kind of 
large, uh, you know, elements that are really just ambiguous and abstract and could almost mean anything and be anything, you know, it's, it's hard to nail down, you know, what's popular and why, you know, I think you're referring to like Sal Bass and some of those kinds of designers, you know, Catch-22, I don't remember who exactly did that cover, but, um, you know, there's definitely, you know, covers that sort of are immortalized like that's their cover great gatsby's and all that kind of stuff and right. um uh i think now more than ever especially with the technology that is available for most artists and designers um you know the market is proliferate it's it's just there's just so many prolific designers doing really amazing work and it's hard to really nail down um i saw some posts the other day where people were talking about you know that uh like people are using a lot of uh, color splotches type thing, kind of like what you were saying, you know, some mm -hmm. kind of ink, ink spots and things like that. And when is that going to go away? You know, there's, there's been a kind of a trend for, you know, long enough or whatever. And, you know, things, um, you know, designers and artists have always influenced each other. There's always going to be, um, you know, a mild amount of uh, stuff entering the pop cultural kind of referential um spectrum of of you know people biting off each other and um you know i think that you know designers like chip kid sort of established um a particular kind of look and style and you know since the time of you know kind of really rock star designers like sal bass or chip kid and all those kinds of designers who've really revolutionized what the book cover looks like there's just a lot of young guns coming out of out of right out of school, just doing phenomenal work. Um, that's just really a breath of fresh air, stuff that's never been explored or done before. And um, yeah, it's just it's just an interesting time. The technology just allows uh, people to really try things out, uh, both printing wise and um, and print on demands really revolutionized. You know uh, how quickly and and how uh, seamlessly authors can get a book out there <laughs> it's no longer yeah. you know years in the making kind of stuff you know you can literally just you know just publish one after another so yeah there was uh there was a time when you know you would get a contract from over a manuscript and it would be a year and a half two years before your book would come out now it's like we're going to get this out in four months um yeah. sometimes shorter i i was a little flabbergasted my publisher i have a book coming out in 22 and my publisher told me it would be 22 and it's almost a year from now when it comes out. And I was like, that seems off, but the pandemic is what messed that up. Uh, yeah. now, you know, their schedules are all out of whack. Um, but I was, you know, we're on, uh, we're on zoom recording this and I've, I've got my video on. I wanted you to see this cover. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a, a Henry Miller, it, yeah. Henry Miller's book, the wisdom of the heart. This particular version of it is what I was talking about, that sort of geometric Picasso-esque. And this is a an old book that's been republished with this cover. And that's very old school. Yeah. Right? So new that was that cover is done by Alvin Lustig, probably for New Directions, which is who right. he did a lot of um that work for. And um Alvin Lustig was in the 40s in California. He actually went blind in his 40s and ended up passing away quite early on. Wow. Um, his wife ended up doing a lot of 
design work. And yeah, he, he definitely, again, he was one of those designers that really um, broke the mold. There was a lot of, um, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction style covers back then. Every cover was basically illustrated, like way overdone, all in a very similar style, really cheesy kind of, you know. Yeah, um, I remember those. Hyper, yeah, hyper-sexualized kind of covers, which, you know, they're fun yeah. and, and, and they were interesting at the time. But, um, you know, Alvin Lustig just uh, completely broke that apart and did something that, and he was a multi multidisciplinary designer. So he did, furniture and you know gosh i even think he designed a helicopter at one point oh my God. um and, and at the end of his career he was actually just calling out images and colors because he was blind and his his design helpers actually were designing his covers for him um wow that's, so that's, that's like uh, that's like beethoven going deaf yeah yeah he was really kind of uh, yeah he was basically the beethoven of his of his generation of book cover designers. And uh, he really spanned the gamut. You know, he, he really uh, played around with both what you see there, which was sort of what he was known for, kind of abstract geometric stuff. And then mm -hmm. um, he played with photography immensely and was really kind of just breaking the mold. And yeah, so he did a lot of work for, for New Directions and Random House and Knopf and all that stuff, so. Yeah, I really love that cover. I, I just love that. I love that sort of old school. So is there something that you see on the horizon coming for book covers that we're, that we're going to be surprised about? Or, or are we going to kind of stay in a particular mold for a while? You know, it's, it's interesting because now with things basically moving uh, into kind of more, I see a lot of uh, animated GIF covers, um, things like that. You know, they're mm. usually just Instagram posts, but, you know, it's not, I don't think it's far off uh, to think that at a certain point, it's going to probably be, you know, a, a thing at least for a little bit to open an ebook and, you know, basically just have an, a front cover kind of have animated features and, um, just wow, yeah. it'll add on it'll add another layer basically because at that point you'll be able to sort of really play around with what you're trying to tell your audience and probably you know communicate several different things in one sort of animated uh image uh so yeah so i hadn't thought about that but that makes a lot of sense yeah it's it's a fun thing i've seen a lot of designers playing around with it for just sort of um promotional um, pieces, but it's, I don't think it's uh, far off to think that that'll kind of be part of the ebook experience. Um, if, if, it, you know, if you want, if an author wants it, you know, it'd be interesting to, to see that. Um, yeah. I would think that certain genres that would work really well for, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is a cover too, and I'll show you and I'll, I'll let the audience know what it is that I like, and it's really simple, but it's become uh, the, the illustration on here has become her kind of signature. Um, I'm a big fan of Patti Smith, not only her music, but her writing. And this is Year of the Monkey. And you can see that those boots are an illustration of her boots and that a typewriter off to the side that's kind of offset on the cover. I right. love the simplicity of this book. It's very, um, you know, there's like two tones. There's a beige, uh, sort of beige color. I'm sure you would call it something different than I would, but a beige color and a very almost black, uh, very deep gray. And that's it. I just love the simplicity, but yet it says everything about who you need to know, 
and a little bit of what the the story even was about because it's about traveling. So the boots made sense. So yeah. I love I love those kinds of books that have the most simple work but yet say so much. Yeah, and I, I that's definitely a huge goal is to um, you know that's we're we're telling that to authors constantly is you know your your cover can't say everything and yeah. um, nor should it be trying to. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a less is more uh, approach to thinking about things. Um, you know, authors obviously, after writing a book, you know, they're, you know, their their minds are full of ideas, and they really kind of want to, you know, say everything with a cover, and that's that's kind of a challenge with independent authors is is uh, kind of reeling them in and saying, hey, you can't <laughs> say everything, nor is it going to do you any favors um, at a certain point. You know, you yeah. want kind of simplicity and clarity and just uh, emulating a particular mood, not not getting hung up on trying to tell, you know, every part of your story. Well, uh, what was it that Jack Kerouac said? I will someday find the perfect sentence and it will be simple. Um, and that's kind of what it is. I mean, if you can right. get that simplicity to work as strongly as a, you know, a, a Faulkner paragraph, <laughs> which is, you know, a page long. Right that's probably better especially today with you know writing is going to a lot more shorter chapters in books even from books that are you know sort of epics those chapters are much shorter than they ever have been in in, in a lot of uh, fiction um and even memoir so you know we're just looking and consuming things differently yeah and there's there's a formula to it you know it's kind of like netflix and um a lot of these you know larger companies like amazon with their prime prime video programs. And, you know, it's, it's also been happening in the publishing world. You know, there, there's, there's people who are figuring out, you know, basically the perfect algorithm or, you know, a system for producing what has kind of a formulaic approach, but, you know, it is what people like. And um, I think that, you know, obviously also applies to book cover design. Um, you know, there's definitely, you know, a formula at a certain point and, a, you know, it's sad at times and it's um, kind of limiting at times and, and all that. But, you know, in the end, sometimes it makes your job easier as well because you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you know exactly, you know, what the publisher is basically expecting of you. Right, right. Well, uh, Ian, it's been wonderful to talk to you and we, we appreciate the work you do and thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, David. You can see some of the wonderful book designs from the book designers at their website, bookdesigners.com. I urge you to do that. This has been episode 12 of The Writer Shed. I'm David W. Berner. Our music is from iRay Music, production and interviews produced inside the shed. You can find out more about Writershed Press at writershedpress.com and at The Writershed on Medium and find us at Writershed Press on Twitter. The Writershed is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.